under your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Sing it, James. Oh, yeah. Watch me. I got it. Watch me. I got it. Hey. I got something that makes me want to shout. Oh, this takes me back. I got Come on something now. that tells me what it's all about. To my about. fun zone days. I got soul. And I'm super bad. Oh, yeah. So good. Get the strut out. I got soul. And I'm super bad. Now, there's something about the funk that it took over. I was telling you this off air, Brandon. Okay. When I first fell in love with music, the first thing I fell in love with was a nasty, face-melting, appropriate, well-placed in the song guitar solo. Oh, man. I love, and I still do love the type of guitar solo that if it hits you just right, you're in the correct mood, it's placed correctly in the song, it is like an out-of-body experience. It is. There are some out there that are just that good. And you know, a lot of people describe Jimi Hendrix's early work like that. Yes. It was like, when I first heard him, it was just like, everything else just melted away. Hendrix is one of them. Yeah, I mean, well, it could be that or the fact that they were on acid at the time, but (laughs) I mean... I like to think it was the music. Well, and I think Jimmy was always a weird guy. That's what they claim in some documentaries I watch. He was always the weird kid. Like, he'd be aloof on the playground just by himself. Not like he got bullied. He might have. But he just was like that. And well, well, you, even you, in the military, he would hang out with his friends and play music. But he was always kind of a loner. And they said when people did drugs... Like, for Jimmy to get normal, like when somebody, you know, smokes pot or drops acid, uh, you think, okay, you do a little bit and you're on cloud nine. They said Jimmy would double it. He would double it. And that would get him, he, he, was, a, he was on a different level, just normal, if that makes any sense. It does. It does. Well, a lot of extraordinary artists now are recluse. Like, people are surprised that Kendrick Labar. Like, before it came out that he had a mental disorder and stuff like that, and he had anxieties and stuff, I mean, he was a recluse. He would do his shows, and then he would go back on the tour bus and just, like, close himself back off. I think that's the cost of being creative, and especially when you start hitting the level of what people call genius. I think there's some price to pay, and and I'm not saying you, like, go like Agamemnon to the well, shores well, of Sparta and sacrifice your own daughter to Artemis. No, no, no. no it's Thanos and Infinity War. Oh, don't, don't, almost, bring, don't bring that up. Almost a spoiler don't. alert. No, don't bring, don't Wait, bring that up. You, you, I'm, I'm still hurt by that, man. Well, but, I mean, we were talking about this off air. Zaldana's the one chick who's always in the movies who's the black girl who's the white guy interest. Of course, of course. I mean, she's everybody's interest. But... But that's just the role that she tends to play. Yeah. Her, Rosario Dawson, is yeah. another one. Yeah. And it's just, okay, I think there is a sacrifice. 
when you reach a genius level of creativity where in some way you will not be quote unquote normal like mentally there's something that'll be a little and i'm not saying it like normal is like a correct moral position i mean like how most people are usually the really creative artists or comedians or musicians or writers there's something a little different about it well you have to think for an average person to be able to think on that level especially when you're talking about comedians or uh rap artists and stuff like that i mean you're mind has to be able to conceptualize a lot of thi- a lot of different things mm-hmm. and sometimes it comes at the cost of emotional development well you know i didn't ha- i didn't have the like michael jackson didn't really have a childhood right you know i was inside practicing singing how to show emotion how to get the crowd involved how to get these ladies to scream i was doing that at mm-hmm. seven and eight years old well, and if you, you put in the work, I mean, and yeah, I think your your mental state can be affected by your experience and how you're raised. I think some people, too, are just built, and it's, I think it's shown in psychology today that artists think laterally. Like, everything is connected. It's kind of how my show goes. Oh, of course. It's like, everything's connected. One thought leads to another thought, and they don't, if you wrote it down, it's like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? But you, you see patterns in a lot of things, instead of thinking what they might call thinking uh, vertically, where it's very orderly. This topic, well, next topic, I mean, this you, topic, if, if topic. you if you are kind of a reading buff, one of the first great detectives you learned about was Sherlock Holmes. Yes. And he and his main thing was think outside the line. Yeah. You know, oh, it's elementary, Watson. You know, b- because he's thinking outside the box. And it kind of it kind of gave you a different outlook on how you looked at things in your everyday life. Well, it did for me at least. Well, and I also like artists that are re- reclusive and have some. Yeah, there's mystery about them. It's I think why I've always been such a big Prince fan. I like the mystery. Uh, random that I yeah I know the guys in music backwards and forwards uh, like Jimmy Fallon did a thing with Questlove uh, like name that Prince song in a second he did like five or six songs I got every single one <laughs> like it, I'm like well that's she's always in my hair of course I mean that's that song well well yeah because you're a lifelong fan and stuff mm-hmm. like that which I am a fan too but I'm not on I'm no, not on that, your level when it comes level. to Prince. Not, I know, and I'll admit it's a weird level. No, it's a weird there's level. nothing wrong with that. Some artists and some music you just connect to. Like, I feel the same way when I listen to Nas. Mm-hmm. Like, I can still listen to Illmatic now, find something new to like about it. That album just really just spoke to me. But here's the thing. Even though you might know Nas backwards and forwards, I know Prince that way. I don't think I actually know who the man was. And I kind of like it that way. I really do, but um, you know, but you know what? Some artists like Taylor Swift, they they're good at writing about life. True, like oh, I just got in this breakup, and guess what? Now I got a hit yeah, song. But do we really know Taylor? Do we really know Swifty? Musically, yes. Musically, we do. Behind closed, I think I think she does kind of put on an act. Right, because behind closed doors, she could just be a real. You know what? Well, and I'm not asking her to. Give us every little dirty detail. I'm saying stop doing that. I think people are overexposed. Well, uh, well, you, we talked about this the other night. You know, social media and, and all of that has given us access, uh, unprecedented access, actually, to stars and stuff like Because you think about back in the 1940s, like Cary Grant, 
you couldn't walk up to Cary Grant on the street. How dare you? Right. No. No, I was at the studio. You can get an autograph there. You can get a photo session. But when I left that studio, nine to five, done. Don't right. walk up to me. You don't know me. Like back in those days, you didn't just, they weren't as accessible as they are now. Well, and also, I try not, if I meet somebody I'm a big fan of, don't fanboy out. Uh, don't act like, I love you so much. But, but, you, but you know what? To a certain extent, and Eminem said this, I understand. Like, yeah, yeah, I get sick of it, but I know that's my job. You genuinely, I think a lot of people genuinely appreciate it. They don't dislike people for it necessarily, unless somebody goes real nuts on them. No, it's, but, it's not that, but if you just hear it day exactly. in, day out, day in, day out, it's you. It's like, yeah, I'm yeah, me. Yeah, it's, it's me. And I see why people are a little annoyed. It brings me to my general overall theme of the evening. Okay. That I want artists to leave people wanting more. I don't want a fanboy out. It's because I've been thinking long and hard because we've been getting a lot of uh, people saying they're tired, worn out by political ads. I mean, it is the season. Uh, that, that's what I was about to say. Political ads have a season. Anytime you talking about local politics, two months before a local primary is due to come up, you're going to get to know a thousand different candidates and they're just going to come out of nowhere. They're like leap year. You only see them every four years. But I think this year in particular, I don't know why, but I'm noticing this effect. I think it applies to friendships, to romantic relationships. I think it applies to artist-fan relations. Whatever you want to say. It's a weird effect. I want to know if you feel this way. If somebody comes at me, whether a politician or wanted to be my friend or wanted to hook up with me i don't know if it applies yeah it does apply there uh if somebody is like way too eager like i love you 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 pay attention to me pay attention to me i want to help you you're so awesome like can we talk can we talk you mean it you don't you get a little turned off by that Okay. You're, okay. Now, weird, now, 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 you know what? Now, there's a weird repulsion. Now, now, we did have a a similar conversation because um, I was talking to Joey about the fact that, you know, I'm on here uh, every now and then now, and I use my real name. So, you know, some people have the tendency to look me up on Facebook. Oh, that's cool. And so it came to the point where I was just, you know. I'm just the average person, so I'm just, like, accepting these random friend requests and not really thinking about it. And then you get the messages like, hey, I want to come meet you. Like, like the very first message is not, hi, how you doing? It's, hey, I want to come meet you. Hey, you're on Joey's show? Hey, I want to... And it's just like, whoa. And that's fine. I mean, you can meet people, and people usually turn out to be great people. But I guess my point is, when you smell the desperation... And that's what I'm smelling so often from politicians. Now, most of these folks, I want to be the radical, curmudgeonly libertarian. But when you actually meet a lot of these people, they're very charming. They're just as normal as anybody else. They're well, everyday people for the most part. Well, well you, have, you have to consider that a lot of them have been through training and things like that to make them come off that way. True. You know, so I know how to operate in a tough room to get people to laugh. You know, they say Clinton had that, Bill Clinton had that oh, yeah. uncanny ability to just come in the room and light it up. He did. You know, and and that's kind of what got him over. But you figure, I mean, 
it was basic back then. You think the training now that politicians go through, right? Rapid fire questions, stuff they might ask you about. You know, they're totally prepared when they come for radio interviews and stuff like that. So I guess. Well, the the funniest thing to me is you see how I look. Of course, I've got the long, luxurious hair. I've got the somewhat patchy. I'm working on it. Twenty nine year old beard. Guess I maybe have low T. Maybe I have low T. No, I'm trying to, no, no, I can't work on the. No, no. Place. See, see what what but, it is. You remind me of Sunshine off. Uh, Remember the Titans. Yeah, I'll accept that. Sunshine. Yeah, doing the yoga pose. Yeah, yeah, the the, the California dreamboat. It's great for your core strength and your balance, sir. Don't well, knock just, the yoga. Well, 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 I'm not knocking it. I'm not, I'm not knocking I'm just waiting for you to go into the CrossFit, though. I'm about to. I, no, I'm about to step my game up. I, 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 think, I think Kristen's going to kill you, dude. Just Yeah, just, in the CrossFit uh, training? Yeah. Oh, my God. I've seen some of the dudes over there. Good Lord, doing the, the push-ups. Tire flips. Like the uh, handstand push-ups. Oh, Have man. you seen that? Or walking across the room after you do On, on a handstand. Yeah, it's yep. nuts. And I'm like, I kind of want to do that. Well, well, don't get me wrong. I would do just the basic because, number one, I'm not a UFC fighter. Right. I'm not trying to become a UFC fighter. True. I'm yeah. not trying to fight 12 people well, and I'm not in one night about, and survive. I'm not talking about doing that type of training five days a week. I oh, can okay. do yoga six, seven days a week. Yoga is not as high impact. That sort of stuff, I think, it affects you if you do it for a long, long time. Uh can wear down the body just as much as if you're competing. Hard and, and you know what? Um, there is a documentary on Netflix called Functional Fitness. Hmm. And it talks about that. Like, that's why a lot of people at those CrossFit gyms, they'll do a week straight. And then the next week, they'll give their bodies yeah. a whole week to kind of... Got to give a rest period. I- exactly, because that was one of the things they talked about. Like, people who do this, you know, months at a time, and then next thing you know, oh, I got a knee injury. Oh, uh, now my calf is cramping up. No, like, if you're an athlete, you build up kind of, for lack of a better word, a callus. Like yeah, You get tolerance. used to being in an NFL Tol- game. You get used to... I remember in high school football, that first hit of the year in practice in two-a-days. It's like, ooh, all right. Shake it off, and then you get used to it. Unless you really get your clock clean. But here, here's the point I was making, asking you. You know, you see my appearance. I am a bit, because politicians have to read people. That's part of the training of reaching out. And there's nothing wrong about training yourself to want to network and connect with people and be persuasive. Fine. Uh, maybe I could learn to do that. It might be good for anybody to learn to do that. You'll have more relationships and more opportunities to learn and grow in this life. But here's the thing. Okay. Based on my appearance, especially with politicians, these trained folks, I am a bit of a Rorschach test without the ink blots. Like, they see what they want to see. And I think it tells me more about them than it does about how I actually look, how people react to how I look. Yeah. I often get, so where are you from? Here. That's one. Mm-hmm. It's like people around here don't look like this. Like, all right, okay, sure. And one person, I'm not naming any names, I'm not calling out politicians. That's not this show. Exactly. I'll call out all politicians, not particular ones. Uh, but one person said, So what time did you get up this morning? Sitting right where you're sitting. I said, without not, tried not to use a gotcha tone. I said, Well, I woke up at six and did an hour workout. What did you do? Just drop the mic moment. Yeah. Like, I, okay, I have long hair and a little bit of a beard going on. 
I still wake up early and do things in the morning. What's your well, point? Well, it's it's that whole Scooby Doo seventies vibe. Yeah. Oh, you must be a hippie. You must be one of those guys who just lay around till two o'clock, which is not you. I wish. <laughs> but but it also gives you a dichotomy of how people are judged by their appearance. Oh yeah. It's true. Like I like the fact that I look like just the average Joe on the street, and no, and people are ju- people at my job are just now putting together that. Oh, you're on radio. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I like that though. I like just kind of flying under the radar. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's uh, had one. Uh, kind of assume I was still in college. <laughs> it was like that's that's sweet of you. But. <laughs> No, I'm 29, unfortunately. I wish I could go back and do it again. I was not a good college student. I don't think anybody is a good student. I mean, college... Well, some of them are. Well, well, no. You see all the ropes on people? Well, well you have... Castles? You have, you have to realize, unless you've been driven by your parents since you were two and got that first A, mm. most people are not good college students. Now, yeah, if you were valedictorian in your class and all that, and like I said, your parent has literally been... Your focal point, just, hey, you're home, okay, study this, 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 you know, unless you've had that type of parent your whole life, you're not going to be a, col- a good college student because college is kind of that time where you kind of experiment with being an adult, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I'm away from my parents. I kind of have my own place. I share it with a couple of other young people. You know, they don't know what to do. You know, I have to cook my own food now. I have to wash my own clothes. You know, it's just an experimentation in becoming an adult. Well, and I have heard that people that go back to college when they're about my age, when they're older and more driven, this is exactly what I want to do and learn about, they become good students. Where maybe before in their early 20s, late teens, they were not. Once you get a little older, you can get some perspective of like, well, okay, well, this is what I want to do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's because at that age, you're still, your mind is still kind of, eh, I want to do a little bit of this. I want to travel too. Right. See, but when you're, when you get to that 30 mark, it's like your mind focuses and it almost gets like that tunnel vision. Like, okay, this is what I want to do. Right. And this is going to lead me to this, this, and this. It becomes a little more ordered, if that makes sense. It, it does make sense. Now, I had another politician assume uh, this person, not even giving away the gender. Because I don't want to misgender anybody. Okay. Like, I, who knows? We could have people currently running for office who are questioning. Exactly. They added the Q to the LGBT. Now you have a Q. Uh, yeah, but but questioning. At, but at, at the at the same time, I looked on uh, what was it? I was just scrolling through Facebook, you know, just regular. And apparently, there's a pair of twins that transition together. They both were born girls, mm-hmm. and they both transitioned to guys. There's actually a guy I knew in, like, ninth grade, 10th grade, and I just got, like, a friend request or follow on Instagram, and it's no longer the guy name. It's now a new, uh, like, Evelyn is the name. And at first I went, I know that face. Whoa! No, no. I used to be a dude. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. But see, like uh, I, I, I've had, I've had friends at my high school that did the same thing. But see, it was confusing because some of my friends had like what we call unisex names. They oh, worked either way. Wait, Ashley, Jordan, Joey. Yeah, I was sitting up there like, wait a minute, Jordan, Jordan. I'm like, wait a minute, Jordan was a guy, and I'm, I'm just looking at the picture. Sam. 
Uh, yes. That's in a good Cause, one. Because, cause, oh, no, it's short for Samantha. Like, oh, well, why don't you just say Samantha? Right. You know, call yourself Sam. You do Chris. Because it could be Christine. Christina. Christina. Yeah, but it, it confuses everything because I'm sitting up there staring at this picture like, wait a minute, I don't know this girl. And I'm looking like, wait a minute, Jordan, Jordan. And I finally looked at the last names like, oh, okay. Well, and also, I, I saw this person who used to be a guy when I knew this person or and identified was a guy. Uh, now, I guess, has transitioned to being presenting as a woman. And my first thought was like, good job. Like, if that's the way you're going to go, you did a good job. I guess it would be called passing. I was like, for a little bit, I was like, who's this girl following me randomly? And I went, oh, I know that person. So it was, and it brings me to another point. I, it hit me last night. And we'll get into this, we'll probably follow up on the break. I'm all for, if somebody's down and out, let's give them a hand to lift them up. Uh, Robert Gibbs, you know, Obama's first press secretary? Yeah. He's from Auburn. He was the guy who gave the uh, graduate the graduation address the keynote speaker at our, my graduation at Auburn oh, okay. and he said just know if you succeed in life if a door opens you be sure not to shut it behind you I'm like yeah thanks Robert because I was just gonna crap on everybody once I found my success well well you have you have to look at our corporate society that's kind of I mean, shows like Shark Tank and, I mean, seeing them just go back and forth like, hey, I'll underbid, well, I'll outbid this guy. And, I mean, that that's kind of how the work world is now because it's not as many jobs readily available. It's a all, it's... Or there's a mismatch. There's a lot of jobs of people without the skills. to. Or fill. it's a lot of people with the skills, but not enough jobs to go around. Yeah, it goes both Because I, I know people with PhDs that are jobless. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it just depends on what you have a PhD in. True. You know. Very true. And, well, but here's the thought I had. Is I'm all for, you know, let's not, especially when somebody's down and out, what's the theme? Don't punch down. <laughs> like, punch up. If you're going to insult somebody, make fun of them, do a joke at somebody's expense, punch up. Uh, and people that are having a tough time, or maybe, you know, they think they're a great singer, or think they're a great chef... Or whatever it is, and they're not, you don't have to break it to them in the harshest way possible. You can, though, correct them, and you can appreciate. I will, I'm not going to give them a trophy for trying, but I will say, at least you did try. And this, it's like when mom tries that new recipe and it tastes awful. But you go, thanks for dinner. But, you know? but, but you know what? I mean, sometimes the tough love thing can be a good thing. That's just like, it can uh, be. Well, um, Tori Kelly, she's currently a artist um, under Arista Records, mm -hmm. I think. I know who you're no, talking no, about. Don't quote me on that. But she did the Pepsi song and all that. She went on American Idol, and Simon and all of them told her, no, no, mm -hmm. you're not as good as everybody else up here. So she took that and her little acoustic guitar and started doing videos on YouTube. And got picked up by a record company. Exactly. And now she tours it's the world. huge. Yeah. yeah. She has her own album out and everything. Well, and that, you're leading me right to my point. Though I'm fine with, like, correcting somebody, saying you need to get better at this. I do it to myself all the time. Maybe too much. Uh, there is something out there for all the egalitarian speak. And we need people to be equal. We need equity in society. All these conversations. 
there's still at the end of the day, I think something everybody recognizes that shows that equality isn't always the thing we're seeking. It's called, it's another E word, excellence. Ooh, I like People that. appreciate and should appreciate excellence. They really should. Like, I could try to make funk music. It's never going to be as good as James Brown. Oh, of course not, man. Like, you listen to this, it is excellence. Oh, yeah. And there's a reason. All sorts of R&B artists, funk artists, rap artists, everybody looks at that guy and goes, he's the godfather. Because he's amazing. And you had, had the longest funeral in history. They, it was like a world tour. They just kept the body cold and just like, hey, let's move him to St. Louis. Okay, let's move him to Cincinnati. Like, he literally toured the United States you know, yeah. when he died. And that's what I want to get back to at the break, is you are excellent or you're super bad. What are the ramifications of that? Because I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Okay. I don't care if you're on the left or the right and you want to do special pleading because you're having trouble in some way. Even people who feel like they're being, you know, crapped on in society or marginalized, they can still recognize excellence. And there are some ramifications for that. Oh, it's so good. Wide release. Why? Oh, why didn't you hurry along with me this time? Sucker for a good guitar, man. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I can't stop thinking about you, babe. I can listen to the whole thing, but I can do that later. <laughs> yeah. And there, we ended by talking about excellence. I was actually watching, uh, have you ever seen the show, Forged in Fire? Yes. I love yes. that show. Love that. It's something still a little magical about watching, because I could never do it. I, I guess I could learn. But I don't know how to I'd forge. <laughs> I just That's not me. Well, well the average guy on the street is not like, hey, I need a sword. Let me make right. sure. You know, come on, man. So it's cool to see people keeping that art alive. Yeah. And the most disappointing thing, it hit me. I, they, they were making these axes uh, that people used, the cavalry used to use. Like, it had a big old axe blade on one side, and on the other side is a spike. And 
I was hoping, oh, please don't mess up. Please don't mess up. Like, I want to see a competition. I want to see the guy in that show. It will kill. I want to see him say that about both your weapons. I want it to be as close as possible. I want to see him nail this. Uh huh. It's like when you watch the Olympics, are you actually rooting for the gymnast to, like, fall and break their legs? No. No. You want to see him stick it. Yeah, yeah, but 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 it does. It is kind of funny when those girls trip off the balance beam. It can be funny, very funny. That's a different reaction. That's the thing. Like American Idol, like the early versions of it. I was like, about to say, please, please don't say the the later versions. Oh God, I love you, Lionel, but I love you too, Katie. I don't love you, Luke. You seem like a nice enough guy. I just don't like your music. He's like the worst form of country music. I like country music with heart and soul and real stories, not like you, you, you know what we the, the have blue jeans. No, no, no. The, the country, trucks. the country music I've heard now sounds like I, if I had to classify it like trap country. <laughs> <laughs> well, we was in a town going around, you know, sunset in the day. You know, he's sitting up here rhyming you the whole my time. Girl. Exactly. It would go down to somebody I know in a yeah. small town. I'm like, really? I'm Where like, this sounds like Little Wayne. Man, whatever happened to actual country music? But, okay, you're watching American Idol. Okay. For the first few episodes, they're doing the auditions, and there's a big difference in how people react for, like, say, the William Hung guy. Yeah. She bangs, she bangs. Like, we're laughing. And that went viral as much as things could go viral then. Uh, the pants on the ground guy. That went viral as much pants on the ground. Looking like a fool with your pants on the ground. I mean, and we laugh at that stuff. It's like, okay, and it can get really popular with laughter. No doubt. But that is a very different reaction when somebody walks in, especially they don't look the part, and they sing like an angel. Oh, yeah, like that uh, 14-year-old boy who did uh, Whitney Houston, I Have Nothing. Mm-hmm. And when he said it to Simon, Simon just kind of, really but when the boy opened his mouth it was like whoa exactly like where did that i think it was on it wasn't on american Idol. it was on a uh, british scott talent or something like that yeah oh uh well but then there and was some little kid mm-hmm. and he sung the song and i couldn't believe even when i heard it i i just stood up and started clapping like you know what you're a star today my well, man and so there's that reaction of we're really laughing there's a difference between a deep laugh that's kind of like oh what this person's doing is awkward and bad but it's funny because it's so awkward and bad but there's a difference between that and I am almost speechless like this is an out of body remarkable experience something to witness and that is the difference between crap which Mm. can sometimes be redeemed because it's so bad it's good and excellence and it's not that the William Hungs of the world are bad people or lesser people, but when it comes to singing, they aren't equal to the James Browns of the world. Well, well, yeah, but at the same time, what is the mark of excellence now? Because that has changed so much mm-hmm. from back in the day to now. Well, that changes. But oh, oh, yeah, yeah, it does. It's like, the ongoing argument over LeBron and Michael Jordan. Oh, don't start. That. I'm not. T- I'm not going to start tonight. I would say that's a cool argument, though. It can be a little annoying and frustrating at times. Well, well, it's it's all in the numbers thing. Le- oh, LeBron has been, this will be his eighth right. straight final. Yeah, but see, the difference is when Jordan went to finals, 
He came home with rings. Yeah. It was hardware. Exactly. That's exactly. all that matters. Yeah. But we can both agree they're both excellent at oh, basketball. Oh, of course. Of course. Because they score the points, they get the rebounds, they get the assist. They're amazing. And, and you know what? Hard. And I've recently found out something about one of my favorite athletes, uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Even after his basketball career, he still played volleyball f- uh, professionally. Wow. Yeah. And well, was he, was very good. <laughs> the body to do it. Well, yeah. I mean, he's 7'2". So right. I mean, and could you imagine that spiking well, I mean, the had ball? That hundred point game that was. I think there's a radio broadcast, maybe of it or snippets. It is a, a radio report. broadcast, and there's a picture of it. Right, like him holding up the hundred, and that's it. That is excellence. Oh, of course. I mean, not to bring in all the things I love, but I'm going to. There's a difference between a crap professional wrestling match and an amazing like five star. Like, in the WWE, like, uh, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker, the Heaven versus Hell match. It's a remarkable wrestling match. That's a match I'll show somebody who doesn't even like wrestling. And by the end of that thing, they're they're getting up going, oh! Like, yeah, yeah. I thought you said it was fake. No, no, that's so just like, good. That's just like that uh, documentary they did on uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Like, before they showed him mm-hmm. going to see DDP and stuff, they compared him to Scott Hall. Yep. And they showed Scott Hall in a wrestling event I don't even know if you could call it an event. And, like, the young guy was trying to work with Sky Hall, trying to right. do the moves and stuff, but he was so high. Right. You know, it was like a horrible performance. And to see that, you know, because I remember when he was raising Ramon, you know, when he was, you know, what you say, Ruskit, you know, <laughs> throwing the toothpick at the screen. You and stuff. know who I am. Ex- exactly. To go from hey, that. Hey, yo. <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, yo. Ruskit. That stupid toothpick. Hey, but it it worked for him. It did But to go from that to what I seen, I was like, oh, man, that was horrible to watch. Yeah, and it it hurts sometimes, especially people that used to be amazing, used to be excellent. You see them fall off for whatever reason. It hurts. It's like when Jordan played for the Wizards. Oh, of course. But like they tell to stop it, man. Like they tell you in anything, the most, the one opponent that is undefeated is time. And a lot of people tend to forget, as great a boxer as Ali was, mm-hmm. towards the 80s, when he kept boxing past his prime, he took a lot of L's. A so lot but, of L's. But here's one thing that got me thinking about this. is Again, I want people to be equal in the sense of equal liberty. And I want as many... I don't even say equal opportunity. I want as many opportunities for as many people as possible. By you saying equal liberty, which... When you say that, I always think of the justice statue. She has the scales that are that are unbalanced, mm-hmm. but a, but she also has a blindfold on her face. But I think that that blindfold comes in handy because yeah. you don't want somebody bringing in all their baggage and all the pulling well, interest. Well, well, well and not, not not only that, it I'm blind to the fact that the scales are unbalanced. That's kind of what it says to me. Hmm. See, to me, it means that. The way we judge things is not on the particulars of every particular case. That we are searching for rules of justice that are as universal as possible, that uh, strive towards that universal ideal. Um, and there are contradictions found wherein. I mean, we. Oh, of course. We, the guy who writes All Men Are Created Equal, Jefferson, I mean, he owns slaves. And he, he is. And, and, and in not, not, not only owned them. Had had a, had a whole nother family with him, with but one in, of them. Initial drafts of the Declaration, he was trying to make arguments against slavery. He's torn. 
And I think that's what the blindfold suggests. It's like, okay, yeah, they are unequal. The scales are often unequal. And But the blindness suggests we're trying to get to a place where you don't have to constantly be messing with the scales in order to make sure everybody gets their fair shot. It doesn't always work out, and that's because it's made by human beings. Oh, of course. That's of course. Well, well the, 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 run, systems the running joke about the word justice, if you say it fast enough, it sounds like just, just us. us. And it's interesting. Um, this book I was reading, Sapiens, he went back to like all the different names, different tribes and civilizations throughout thousands of years of human history, what they would name themselves and what it would translate into modern language. It usually meant something like this so-and-so tribe translated English means real people or not those people <laughs> or the better people. And this is why I brought up excellence is sometimes instead of actually striving towards excellence, like whatever the, the rules of the game are, basketball or music, I mean, it's a little different for each different field or being just a good person. People try to shortcut that instead of doing the hard work, because we aren't always going to be the best. No, only a few people end up being the very best. People try to short-circuit that, shortcut it, by saying, no, just based on who I am, without doing anything, I'm the best. Well, well, it's... Whether it's part of your group, nation, or tribe, or I, I'm a fan of the Seattle Seahawks, and the Seahawks are the best. I mean, they don't always win, but they're the best! I mean, you get these sorts of arguments, and I think it's one thing to say we need people treated equally in the eyes of the law, and I think just equal respect and dignity. But when it comes down to it, despite, and I think society's moved in that direction a lot. Not as much as we maybe would hope, but I think it has moved in that direction in amazing ways. And as much as that happens... People, I think, the most egalitarian person who wants to tear down all unjustified hierarchies can still recognize excellence. And when you say something is excellent, you're suggesting it's better than something else. And the mistake we always make is that means you think that person inherently or on a moral plane or in the eyes of God is better. No. I'm just saying when it comes to basketball... Certain people are excellent and better than anybody else who plays the game. When it comes to music, certain people are excellent and better than anybody else. And that creates a type of inequality. Well, at, at the same time, I always look at the fact that if you're lucky enough in life to find something that you are excellent at, that you are better at than most people, you're lucky. Yeah. No, because a lot of people go through their whole lives and never find anything that they're better at than the average person. There, I mean, there's a matter of luck. I think people win the so-called genetic lottery. There's a, uh, I saw an interesting article saying, do our un, unattractive people discriminated against? And it's actually like, yeah, in certain ways, absolutely. Yeah. Depends on how unattractive. Are you average? Are you just... Terribly ugly. I mean, it is like the old, you know, old joke. Like, you know, an ugly person will never leave you. That's why you you have certain, <laughs> no, you have certain couple, you have certain couples that you're looking at her and you're like, her nose is why? where her ear should be. Like, it, it, exactly, and you're looking at the guy like, why are you with? Guess what? I can go to work every day, and I don't have to worry about Jody. Well, and climbing, climb, See, climbing out the side what, window. That's what Arnold's wife thought when he, he left him. She left him with that maid. 
Yeah. She thought, oh, I don't have to worry about Jody or Penelope or whatever the hell the maid's name was. <laughs> no way Arnold's going to go for that. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, but I don't know. I, I find that it's interesting when you really break things down. There's going to be all sorts of difference in life. And you can measure people on narrowing the terms down. People are going to be better at certain things. And I think, yes, people do get lucky in some senses. That exists. But if you look at the most successful people in life, take, like, there are these great videos that are put out. Okay. Uh, one I saw was, what does Terry Crews do in a day to be a successful actor and entertainer? What does John Cena do in a day to be at the top of the WWE? John Cena is blessed. He has the physique, but he's also always in the gym working for that physique. He's constantly checking, like, when they go into a town to do a show, a live show. What was the box office? What's the box office this year? What was it last year? Why is this trend this way? He's meeting with analysts. My basic bottom line point is that people who are usually at the very top of whatever it is are there because of luck, yes, some natural talent, but also because they work their ass off. Oh, of course. Now, you you have some you have some people who are just inherently good you oh, know, yeah. at certain things. Like, they didn't really have to work that hard at it. Or if they do work hard, it's... They're gifted. They're natural. Yeah, it's behind the scenes where you don't really see it. True, true. You know, that's just like everybody... Like, we were talking about Jordan. But people didn't know Jordan, 4 o'clock in the morning, putting up a 1,000 shots. Yep. You know, they just see the game winners. But, no, I'm in the gym, you know, putting up that 1,000 shots. Yep, That's going to get me to that game winner. All the time. And you might be able to... What was the famous Allen Iverson quote? Practice. What? I mean, and we're not even talking about the real game, man. And practice. you and you might be that good where you don't have to practice all the time. Yeah, and you can get away with it. Now, the 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 funny thing about that, you asked Allen Iverson about that now, and the one thing he said, I was stupid. Yeah, I was stupid. People I should have mindset. Yeah, yeah, I should have been in the gym every, especially at the fact that he didn't win a championship. You know, he, and, de- he definitely regrets that. And it's amazing, is it not? Ironic. When blessings, natural gifts, become curses. Because what you, what you do with it, that the person who's naturally gifted at whatever well, it is... Well, well they, you, know, you, you know the old saying, hard work beats talent every time. Yes. So uh, they, they rest on their natural ability thinking, I don't have to compete, I don't have to try hard. And then you hit a certain point where... Oh, no. Everybody's caught up. Oh, no. Everybody's ahead of me now. And and I look at a lot of these young kids who have signed letters of intent this year, you know, who are leaving high school, going to college. They come to this realization because before I was I've been the best athlete since peewee football. Mm -hmm. You know, I can outrun everybody in your neighborhood. Now you're going to a college campus where guess what? All these people were the best athletes in their neighborhood. And it doesn't become a realization to the first time you get ready to run the ball and there's a guy right next to you. It used to be, the, you know, the guys are like a mile behind you and you're just jogging. See, now you go to jog and there's a guy with his hand on your shoulder like, hey, how you doing? Right. You know, ready to tackle you. And it's just that that different mindset, that different situation. Yeah. And, it's, and it's about what you, how you handle it. Well, and also I think it's like I mentioned the LeBron-Jordan debate. Of course. It's, and that's a fun debate to have. 
But at the end of the day, it's not a, a necessarily a comparison. It's no, like, no. What but did you do with what you were given? And, and not only that, it's the fact that they both played in different eras. Yeah. Oh, that, that definitely. Like, could LeBron have, game. could LeBron have dealt with the Pistons and the Celtics back then <laughs> when you were allowed to file? I kind of like that, actually. I like it when it was I, more of a contact sport. I do, too, but there were a lot more injuries, True, too. true. You know, that's why Jordan gained an extra 15 pounds right. of muscle, and, you know, so he could take those hits. Yeah, and it's just a matter of, I worry sometimes in the search for, justifiably so, equality in front of the law, freedom for everybody, respecting you, everybody's na- you, dignity. It's, you know what? You know what? I think and, we lose respecting and recognizing excellence though we all know it's there it's yeah. that it's society's kind of become like the american idol panel that doesn't want to say to the person whose mom told them they can sing that no you can't sing go away exactly and see what i try to explain to people that some stuff will never be equal because you have people in power who who are over everything so you will have certain Instances where the justice system won't work because guess what? This person is connected, mm-hmm. you know, or this person knows this, but especially, oh my God, here. <laughs> if you drop your last name, if you have the right last name here, you can literally get away with almost anything. I can get away with a lot, it, yeah. you know, which is sad. But it, in today's truth, it's you the know, Melbourne's line, it's good to be the king. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's actually what I fight against. I don't want people to have be on top of the hierarchy because they're connected, they have power. I want them to be excellent at what they are pro- promoting that they do. Look, if you are competent and excellent and you achieve it in whatever field it is, awesome. But if you're doing it by exploiting other people, I don't like well, that. Well, it's kind of America's history, though. To be exploited. part of it. Yeah, but, but I mean, history. the whole hard work thing, that's kind of gotten lost by the wayside nowadays. Oh, yeah, it's used as an excuse that I'd, if somebody's resting on privilege, they say, no, I, I work hard for this. Maybe, maybe not.